All right, that music means it's time for your latest Miami Sports Pod, and go figure, the whole family's back together. Will Manso, Clay Ferrero, Dukey Lang, and we bring a family because the Heat had their family festival over the weekend. That's always a great cause. Raised over half a million dollars for the Heat Charitable Fund and also gave us another opportunity to hear from Pat Riley, which it's funny, guys. We didn't hear from Pat much, and all of a sudden we have been hit with an onslaught of Riley speaking about the state of the franchise uh, Clay, you know, we, we discussed, Aduki, you and I discussed in the last pod, and we've, we've all been talking plenty about Pat Riley and what he could do. Riley has now officially laid out what he expects to do and why he thinks the heater in this position and when he can change that. So we're going to spend some time talking about, look, the final 20-game push for the Miami Heat in the playoff race. We've already talked about the tanking enough. They're not going to tank. If they get a lottery pick, it's because they just don't play well down the stretch, which with their schedule could happen, and the uh, the inconsistency of the roster. But, Clay, when you look at what Riley said, and again, for those who didn't hear, we'll kind of lay out what he did say bit by bit. But he admitted 2020 is the year. 2020 is the year where cap space will be there potentially for even two max slots. What were your initial thoughts? Uh, I actually thought it was the most interesting media session that we've heard from Pat Riley in a long, long, long time. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it's because I think that, and I'm going to be completely honest here, this is just what I am reading into what he said. So if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But this is with no inside information, but I thought his answer as to the cap situation and the room year in 2020 was really interesting. And, and Second what he time said, this week he mentioned it. So yes. He mentioned it in on the website, social media TV hit that he did with Jason Jackson for the broadcast. So here's essentially what he said. I'll paraphrase it. He said, look, we can create space if we want to. The Knicks did it. The Clippers did it. Look how that worked out for them. What you have to have is a situation where you have a pretty good idea that something good is going to happen with that space or else, and he didn't say this, but or else you end up like the Knicks and the Clippers. A lot of money to spend and bad players to spend it on. Now, Keep in mind, this does not absolve Riley from. Why from, do you say? Why do you think? He, what was your? What was the trigger that made you think that that was the case? Because I think he's saying, I understand this is a really good year for free agents. None of those guys wanted to come here, and and again, this is just me reading into what he said. But you understand that all of these guys talk. There is conversation with agents that it's not tampering, but it's certainly getting to know what the future may hold, what is going on in the minds of these potential free agents. 2019 is going to be a great, great free agent class. 2020, not so much. These, a lot of these moves bit. are very calculated. I agree yes. with you. A lot of the, yes. and, and if they're calculated, well, agents and players have to be calculating with someone. Yes. I mean, it can't just be like a player says, you know, Mr. Agent, I'd like to go here. So, so and let it me, just happens to work out that way. L- let me just put put a bow on this thing. I, I, I'm paraphrasing this the best way I can. This was my read on what Pat Riley said. I could have freed up space this year, but I would have sent off a lot of assets for money that was just going to sit there or be spent on second or third tier guys because none of the first tier guys really wanted to come here. That was my read. Okay, and Dukey, I said it to you because you tend to be the contrarian among us, or you tend to be the one that gets caught up in the whole nostalgia of, I'm Pat Riley, and this is the Heat way. Yes. The Heat way is you win championships. So you must have been disturbed by his comments. I wasn't disturbed by his comments. It's one of those things where when you question a coach's play calling, not you specifically, but when Twitter, when fans, when people question a, a coach's play calling, pick your sport. A lot of times I'll sit back and I'll go, okay, yeah, we, we – 
the collective we who are watching the game think, come on, run the ball. Don't overthink it. This guy's a good running back. Or why aren't you batting this guy? He's on fire. Whatever we think. But the reality of the, reality of the situation is the coach has a lot more inside knowledge about what's going on, number one. And number two, coaches are in the business of winning. That's their job. They make paychecks because they win. So Pat Riley, as the architect of the Miami Heat franchise, is doing what he is doing for the purposes of winning. And if Riley is saying that we could clear out space right now, but there's nothing to get, mm-hmm. I mean, there's probably nothing to get. And the other well, thing, I mean, and the other thing, but that's, this offseason, though, let's, I want to let you keep going, but this offseason would have been a nice offseason to have some money. Sure, but the reality is they don't. And the other reality is their economics are so messed up. It was not a one-time fix. It was not a one-season, like, they could just fix the books completely this offseason mm-hmm. and be ready to rock and roll. This had to be done piecemeal. They did the first piece. So I think I'm not disturbed by Riley's words because I understand his actions. He got rid of as many of as much of the bad contracts as he could right now. So am I mad at 2014 Pat Riley? Yeah, 2014 Pat Riley screwed up. I think Pat Riley would tell you that. But 2019 Pat Riley got rid of some of the liabilities. And he's going to get thinking more. You're thinking more 2017 Pat Riley. Yes, you're 2017. More, well, 14 post LeBron. There wasn't much he could do. So he the tried combo, to the combo. Yes, but but 2000. Yeah, 2017. Well, I, honestly, everything post LeBron. But yes, yeah, specifically, if you want to talk about the JJ contract and Tyler Johnson getting all that money and losing Dwayne and, and keeping Hassan Dion, for 90 million and yeah. Dion and all those big deals. I mean, he he made mistakes. I think he knows that now. I think you know. I think. The only the only part that I not took exception, but it's like rolled my eyes is a strong word. But when he said, "Hey, they're going for the eighth spot. Enjoy it." I think endure it. I think enjoy Dwayne. I think this. Season- I think he meant enjoy the competition that every sure, game in the it's- final twenty game push means. And look, and to his point. The Golden State game was phenomenal with Dwayne shot. Even the Houston game where they blew a 21 lead still had a great finish. It was an entertaining basketball, though frustrating. The Brooklyn game was a blowout. He mentioned that they got blown out by Detroit. They, you know, This is the way it's going to be. Unfortunately, it's kind of the way it's been all season. They lose these close right, games for but, lack but of execution. But it's not, I mean... Because they're a middle-of-the-pack team. It's, it's just not the standard. So when you have a guy with nine rings who... You talk about the nostalgia. A guy with nine rings mm-hmm. who is a legend, who is one of the great basketball minds, who's won as a player, as a coach, as an executive, who's an icon, who's won here, who brought three championships here, telling us, really enjoy that race for the last playoff spot in the East. I'm like, all right, I'll enjoy it. I mean, you know, it's, well, it's, it's, it's kind of what we got. So I guess you dance with what you got. But yeah. You know what else you got? Our sponsor today, Vera Motors, when you spend your hard-earned money on a car, go to a place with a reputation promise you there's no business in the state of Florida with a better reputation than Vera Motors. Vera Cadillac, Buick, GMC, Pembroke Pines. The Vera family has been serving South Florida for 60 years. For the best deal in South Florida, the best service, Vera Cadillac, Buick, GMC. Vera Cadillac, Buick, GMC, 300 South University Drive, three miles north of the stadium, Pembroke Pines. And that's, you know, there's two sides to this, really. I mean, there always are. I mean, but when you look at him saying, hey, enjoy it, I get it's the eighth seed. It's not much... 
you know, you, you're losing the first round. Even though Riley told the story during the broadcast in his interview with Jack, saying, "Look, I was in on an eight seed team, and I was, you know, I was on a team that won a." I get those things happen. They won't this year. It's the East is so top heavy. But I think what else is he going to say? Hey, this sucks. I don't want the playoffs. I mean, you got to send that. The message of the culture and the winning is always there. Clay, I think the 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 interesting part to me and all the losing and the frustration, the ups and downs in the middle of the pack, is that there has been a almost an unintentional. I guess positive from the struggles and the injuries and the inconsistencies of the lineup. That's we're starting to kind of get a gauge of who's good on this roster, and I think it's pretty clear that I don't even think you need the analytics and the statistics that Dukey referenced to, like having a you know Spo have play the young guys. Give these young guys a run. Yeah, and, and I've been blown away by Derek Jones Jr. And I want to get more into that in a moment, but I want to go back to one real quick point on Pat Riley because this was something else I took away from this whole thing that was really interesting to me. There is this this segment of, of Heat fans, and, and a lot of it is on social media, which you know is often the worst in fans at times. However, Humans, worst I, in humans. Yeah, but, but I think this also the is— passion's there, I get it. Uh, passion, but I also think this, this does spill over a little bit into fans in general, that people are questioning whether Riley is washed up, whether he is delusional about what this team is. And what I thought was really interesting, I thought was a, a really a nice way for Riley to let fans know, look— I get what's going on here. I am not living mm-hmm. in some some far-off space world where I think that we're going to go out there and win a championship. He said, you have six teams that are going to compete for a championship. You have six teams at the bottom, mm-hmm. and there's a whole lot in the middle. 18. And we, we are not <laughs> one. We're, of, we're one of the middle. But, but see, I thought that that, that was – I thought Riley was refreshingly honest. And not that he's not honest normally, but I thought that he went certain places in this media Q&A session that kind of lets you behind the curtain. If you read into what he's saying, and again, I could be completely off about this thing, but I thought he was, as as much as he could, kind of peeling back the curtain to let you, the fans, know, look, number one, I kind of know what I'm doing with this thing. Mm -hmm. You know I want stars probably even more than you the fans do and it just wasn't going to happen this year because I can't force people to come here that don't want to come here and number two a lot of you guys out there may think that I think that this team this product that I'm putting on the floor is actually good and good enough to compete for a championship I know we're not so what I'm telling you and this goes back to your point Dookie about uh indoor versus enjoy he's basically saying you're not going to get to enjoy a championship moment with this team because we're not one of those six. So if you can, at least enjoy the road that we're going to get the rest of the season with Dwayne, the opportunity to compete for a playoff spot. Because there's going to be competition. It's just not going to be for that Larry O'Brien trophy. And, and my thing, too, is, look, you know, and by the way, we found the title of this podcast is Endure Enjoy, Pat Riley. That's a good one. That's, write it down, though. That clearly is the case. Uh, with, with this team and with this franchise, I, I, I always – I get a little frustrated when I deal with fans who want to tell me Pat Riley's lost it or this team is going nowhere or this team has no future because I say, have you looked at the past? To me, what is the past is a great indicator of the future, right? Especially the the past of Pat Riley. Do I think this team is good? No, I don't think they're, like Clay mentioned, one of those six. I don't think they're as bad as the five or six worst teams in the league. I mean, not only do do we say that with full confidence, the standing show, there's a huge separation from those five or six bad teams to the Heat, Hornets, you know, uh, Magic, Nets, that grouping, I mean, that that's in that range. It, there are really bad teams in this league, and there are really good teams, and then there are the Heat and the other 17 teams or so that, that are in that middle, as Pat referenced. 
my biggest thing with I tell fans and the message, and we kind of touched on it last week, is that there's no one. If you're angry, multiply it times a hundred, and that's what Pat Riley is. If you go to bed at night after watching a Heat game and say, "God, this sucks. I don't want this mediocre team. I want my team to be better. I want my team to have a, a plan for the future with a superstar." Pat Riley has thought of that a thousand times that day alone. That's just the way he is built. That's the way he works. His messages he sends out to the public, that's all great PR. That's all great because as the face of the franchise, he can't come out and be miserable. But trust me, there's a part of Pat Riley inside that is miserable. And the misery is being in the middle. And the driving force, as he told Lebertard a week ago, and as we highlighted in the last week, the, the, the drive that a 73-year-old still has to be the way he is with that passion is that misery of that fear of losing. He will refuse to do it. He knows they have to try to enjoy this as a fan base and as an organization, but this is not where the Heat want to be. 2020 to me is a big year for Pat. It's a big year for this franchise. What does that mean for 2019? I, I want to say a little more of the same, but again, back to the point of the young guys, I think it'd be a little more enjoyable, and I think Heat fans would even almost embrace it, endure it, enjoy it more if you just let the young guys ride and I really think that might be the next step in this progression and something we've learned in this whole struggle and frustration of this season well you kind of want to if you're going to say that this group as it's currently constituted is not championship level not top six they're not bottom six they're in that middle 18 which Riley's kind of created a new paradigm for us again every time he talks we get a new expression whether it's logjam and now for from now to attorney we're going to talk about top six bottom six middle but we 18 kind of know what he just put a number but he, but he just but he's sort heavy of bottom heavy but he's leaders. sort of but but the way he sort of structures it and articulates it oh no one does cr- it better You're it's right. he sort of crafts the conversation with the word choice that he uses so now we've sort of structured the heat within this framework of the middle 18 okay fine so there they are well that's not where they want to stay and i think if you believe in Pat Riley, which he's kind of saying to people, do you believe in me? Do you believe in my body of work? He's got a pretty good body of work. Then you need to know that we're looking big. We're dreaming big, and which which is something he said specifically. Like, if you think that we're going to see an opportunity to make our team better and not do it, then you don't understand us, which is what he said. He said, we've always dreamed big. I mean, and that's, that's he culture, which is what he claims. But... Here you have a roster of players, and you can go down the line, and you look at the players, and you go, is James Johnson going to be a centerpiece of the Heat when they're competing for championships? No. Is Goran Dragic going to still be a centerpiece? Unlikely. Unlikely. Is Justice Winslow? Probably. Is Josh Richardson? Possibly. Is Bam Adebayo? possibly is Derek Jones Jr. possibly so that's why I think you guys enjoy this young guys because at least if you're watching something that is building to something it's a lot more enjoyable than just watching a series of mistakes Mm -hmm. and if you just frame if you if every time a guy shoots the ball you think of his contract that's a mistake. Every time James Johnson misses a shot, I think of his contract. That's fair. Every time Tyler Johnson missed a shot, I thought, why did they match the and, offer and sheet? Dion missed the Every time the day, Dion misses thing. a three, you go, it. they gave that guy a billion dollars and he missed that. So, but when you look at Derek Jones Jr. flying out of nowhere and blocking a shot, you're like, hmm, well, they might have found something. And, and again, if we want to talk about Pat Riley's reputation, what's his reputation? Finding that guy. 
finding the Anthony Mason who was working in a grocery store who then becomes a stud player for you, finding that John Starks, you know, finding these these sort of diamonds in the rough and then adding them to star power. And Riley's done that throughout his entire career. And so maybe maybe some of the young guys are the next batch of it. So yeah, I would be all for that, for enjoying it. But the reality is we can dress it up however we want. Do you hear our tone? Are we excited? No. Are we fired and up? And that was... we are, if, we're, if we're being real, if, we're, if we really cut through it, we're all enduring this time. Well, but look, no, no, no. I, I, I agree. But, man, that went over Brooklyn on, on Saturday night where you see Derek Jones Jr. <laughs> flying through the air, not just the dunk, the block shot. Bam Adebayo with the ridiculous block. And then also I, he's passing really well. So – I think what you can enjoy with this, yeah, the competition, the close games, and and things like that, and then maybe you you get to a playoff spot. And by the way, I'm I still hold out hope that if you don't make the playoffs, that maybe you get up into that top four. Just by, that was but, that was my my next yeah. point. And my, my next point was this, Clay, and you could keep going with it. But my my thing is, let's play the devil's advocate. Let's play the angry the angry Twitter base. Let's play the angry fan. Let's play while the ang- the fan may be angry. Maybe the right attitude when you step back from the emotion of being, you know, in the organization like Pat who runs it, like the players who are in it, and you just look above it and you say to yourself, "Yeah, I get competing. Yeah, I get it's fun to play meaningful games down the stretch. But let's not kid ourselves. This team isn't winning in the first round, no matter what. I mean, I would love a storybook ending where in Dwayne's final season they shock the number one or number two seed in the first round." We know that it's that's about as likely as them getting Zion, of them getting the top pick in the draft, 1%, whatever it is currently, 2%, whatever. But if you can get into that range where you can maybe get in the top four, like you said, or even the top eight, if you get these guys. So you this young group, isn't it better with the young guys that we're all excited about that you mentioned, Derek Jones Jr., Justice, Bam, these young guys, Jay Rich has developed this year, is making a big step, and you say, hey, Give me one of these Duke kids. Maybe not Zion, but one of the other kids. Or Jack other, White. Or these guys. Oh, God. Or these other guys <laughs> that you. Well, Riley did say he wanted to buy a second round pick potentially. So there you go. <laughs> so all, all these other guys that you hear in this top seven or eight that have that potential, wouldn't that be more beneficial to pair? with these young guys that got like that, when you know that this offseason you're not going to get the superstar. It's why every single game is the Alonzo morning chiff, where he's sitting there on the bench <laughs> when they're they're trailing by 30-plus to Chicago after they won the championship, the opening game of the following season, and he's sitting there and shaking his head, and then you see him give like a little smirk at the end, yeah, like, we, well, well, we just okay, won but a title. Every game, it's like, okay, you're winning. I uh, did that against Houston, by the way. I, I was so disappointed, in that. and then I'm like, well, if, I mean, if they're going to be a higher pick, I guess it's not the worst. Yeah, I guess yeah, I'll go back to the win. Like, stage. are we cheering for them or are we cheering against yeah, them? Yeah, <laughs> and, and even, well, and, and that's somebody. We don't cheer, of course. Somebody, on, tw- somebody uh, on Twitter said the other day that he was sitting next to his girlfriend and, and screaming at the TV as they were losing to Houston. And, and she turned to him and she goes, well, do you want them to win or do you want them to lose? You can't have both. Well, I, I think what I'm looking for is <laughs> it's, that's this team. No, in a nutshell, no, that right? is that is yeah. the 2019 well, Miami Heat. I'm looking for more moments like what we saw on Saturday night, where you have the young guys showing that that potential. You see what the ceiling is going to be. Derek Jones the Jr. ceiling is the roof. Right? I, I, yeah, Michael Jordan. I get really excited <laughs> when he makes a three pointer because now you're starting to see. Okay, 
He can play defense. He can be a 3 and D guy, but can also be that high wire. If he ever gets better at handling the ball, you may have somebody who could turn into a potential all-star level player. He's 21 years old. That's what I'm saying because he's 21. So, And again, you're, you're looking for the potential in those guys while at the same time understanding that a loss isn't the end of the world. A win, yeah, it may take you slightly further away tell, from getting the lottery pick. Tell their expulsion for that. He's aging quickly right. in, in the frustration of the season. Well, our photographer, David Silver, is a big Knicks fan, and he loves going on that, that website, Tankathon, where you basically simulate you simulate the lottery. Well, I just want to know where all the Duke kids end up. Right, well, but it frustrates him. He's like, I don't get it now. Why? It, since they changed the rules, as a Knicks fan, you have just as much I chance of getting— Fourteen percent chance to get the number one pick is the highest percentage. Number one, but uh, also you're you get knocked out of the top four virtually fifty percent of the time because these other teams can jump ahead of you. So you are the way they change the lottery system. Even the teams at the very top, quote unquote, it's not a slam dunk. In, in pun intended. But it, as you're moving forward, understand that what <laughs> it sounds so silly, but this thing is going to play out in a way that. Look, you're not going to win a championship. You may not get the number one pick, but there's a decent chance that you could end up with a pretty good player yeah. in this draft if you don't make the playoffs. And who knows, maybe you get another moment with Dwayne Wade down the stretch. It's just, there's not going to be that ultimate satisfaction from this season one way or the other. It's going to be the Alonzo morning, Jeff, all, it, all it, the way around. It is, but I think I get where Pat, you know, as we as we kind of finish off in this, in this podcast on where the Heat stand, I am – and this is probably the, the the optimistic dork in me, I'm still excited about the final 20 games or so for the Heat. I'm still looking forward to see how these kids handle this stuff. And to Clay's point, here's why the excitement is there and the disappointment may be not there at the end. If the Heat go out there in these final 20 games and go 8-12 and 12 and just don't play well and they can't handle these big moments and they down the stretch they don't execute, I'll be frustrated, I'll be disappointed, I'll be sad as we all will be when Dwayne, it's over for Dwayne, and we know that's it because it is coming, inevitably coming very soon. Uh, it's going to stink that feeling. But then I'm going to look back and say, you know what, though? Let's see where those ping pong balls lie. Mm-hmm. Let's see what kind of young player they can get in. And let's see how this young group, because now the core really is becoming the younger group, does in 19, 2019 to then focus on where Pat is saying they'll get more room in 2020. And who knows if next year, if they move expiring contracts, if somehow they can get in another position to get a Jimmy Butler type player as they were earlier than this year. That's what. That's why in the end I'm not that frustrated because I think when it's all said and done. Now, there's one way I think Heat fans get frustrated. If they go down the stretch, they miss out on the playoffs by a game or in a tiebreaker situation, and then they're like the 14th pick in the draft. And then you're like, man, we went through all that to get ourselves in position, and we can't get an impact player potentially because we missed out on those top eight or nine. I could see where the frustration is there, but I just think Pat Riley is a guy that's very much we deal with the hand we're dealt, and we're going to play hard. And our hand we've been dealt is we're a middle-of-the-pack team, and we're going to make a push to try to make the playoffs and have a series and send off Dwayne well and teach the young guys and make this season a positive to where a lot of people see it a negative. Well, I think if you take the, the 10,000 feet above view of this season, the actual games and the <laughs> kind of enduring this mediocre team – 
can be incredibly frustrating from night to night. Partially because you have young players who are inconsistent. Partially because you have all kinds of injuries where the rotations aren't consistent. Partially because Spolstra is just trying to figure out how to play the cards that he has. And sometimes he misplays them because it's a confusing deck. But I think overall, the big picture, is the Miami Heat franchise trending in a positive direction? I think this season was a tiny step in a positive direction. I agree with you. And I think won't agree with us. And I, I think, I, get it. I think it was, and I think it was because for three reasons. Number one, they acknowledged that their plan wasn't working, and the first step to fixing a problem is to admit you have a problem. They have a problem. Number two, they've started to kind of a little bit, maybe start to solve it with the two trades that they made. And my hope is. And, and what will make me feel hopeful is if they continue in that direction and they continue to shred salaries and they mm-hmm. continue to make changes. And number three is, like you guys said, flashes of the young guys, you know, just moments. And then number four, and what I think ultimately 10, 15 years from now, what we're going to remember is what Dwayne ends up doing. And it may, it may just be the Golden State game. And if the only thing that comes out of the 2019 season was the Golden State game, well, that was a really cool shot. I would just like to say that, that, that Dookie somehow did such a Dookie thing there where he had an awesome point. It was and, so good. It was, it? No, it was, it was beautiful. In your three reasons, you said, I've got three Oh, and then I added a fourth. And then you yeah, said, in number four, and that yeah. was it. Well, your three well, reasons Well, had right. I done five reasons? <laughs> yeah, I, well, I, I, thought I, would, you, I thought you were going to stay with two. Trouble. I thought you'd be with two so. reasons. By the way, as we leave, a reminder of our sponsor today, Vera Motors, when you spend your hard-earned money on a car, go to a place with a reputation. I promise you there's no business. In the state of Florida, the better reputation than Vera Motors. Vera Cadillac, Buick, GMC, Pembroke Pines. The Vera family has been serving South Florida for 60 years for the best deal in South Florida, the best service. Vera Cadillac Buick GMC, Vera Cadillac Buick GMC, 300 South University Drive, three miles north of the stadium, Pembroke Pines. There's a few people, I don't think there are, there, there are maybe any, that have a better reputation than Pat Riley. So again, we say, trust in Pat. He's giving you a message, whether you're by or not. Enjoy the final 20 and the playoff push with the Miami Heat.